So what's up? Talk to me. How you been? You know the drill. Got out. Went back in. Out. I get it. So what you into now? Crime. Let's get together. I'll say it first. We all love fun. And it's time for Kill Me Cash. Yeah, it's time for Kill Me Welcome to KilmerCast. Here is your host, Francis Rizzo III. Thanks, Bernard. Welcome to all the Val Pals listening out there to a new episode of KilmerCast. I'm your host, Francis Rizzo III, and I'm here to talk about the films of Val Kilmer, one of the most truly engaging American film actors of the modern era. On this episode, we'll be checking out Kilmer's 2010 action drama Gun, one of several films in which he shares the screen with Curtis Jackson, better known to the world as 50 Cent. Joining us to chat about the film and Kilmer's role in it is a stand-up comic, podcaster, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle expert, Brian McGinnis. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. What an intro. We've got to cover all the bases. You know, uh, of make course, sure everybody yes. knows who you are. Those are my three most important traits about me. <laughs> <laughs> People listening may recognize your voice, even if they haven't sat in one of your stand-up shows or listened to your podcast, Playable Characters. Yeah. Uh, where have they heard those pipes before? I do voiceover for like a lot of... TV and radio commercials. Currently, the uh, the the world famous Robitussin bear. Yes, yes, the Robitussin bear. That's one me. of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> people like it, but it's so funny when I search Twitter just to see what people are saying about it. Most people are just like, "Oh, the bear's so cute," but sometimes they're like, uh, "Read the room, Robitussin. There's a pandemic going on right now." And it's just like, oh, they got to like take down a commercial because some schmuck with 20 followers a bear you know, canceled. Compl- yeah, complain about it. <laughs> like, it's a fake bear. Come on, people. Yeah. You also have one of the best IMDb credits ever, thanks to your appearance on Inside Amy Schumer. <laughs> yes. Gangbang guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, that's, that's got to be something that you can really just uh, hang your hat on. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's so funny. That was originally, there's like two other, there's, there's another Brian McGinnis who's like a serious actor, and I'm like nothing, obviously, but <laughs> that was on his page. And he, he did like Shakespeare in the Park and Hamlet and Macbeth and then Gangbang Guy. It was like right under that. And it's just like, I picture him one day showing his friends like his credits. Like, here I am playing uh, whatever. And all of a sudden, Gangbang Guy, what is this? Like getting all embarrassed. But I, I, I had to submit a thing to IMDb. Like, no, this is actually me, Brian McGinnis. I'm the Gangbang Guy. I'm the, yeah. And the other clip I did was I said, I want to bang her. This the, the second sketch I did. Mm-hmm. My only line was, I'd like to bang her. So it was like, I had two. Schumer gangbang sessions. Yeah. It's, it's uh, something else for sure. You know, yeah. like uh, I picture you like when you go to the Hall of Fame and they have like the, you know, their stats on the on there and there's Brian oh, McGinnis, gangbang guy. Definitely, definitely. That's number one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up, uh, not grew up, I started doing stand up like around the same time as her. We kind of came up together a little bit. So I know her from that. That's she's cool. awesome. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. You gotta get you on that cooking show that she has now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a weird kind of show she's really uh she's interesting to be in a kitchen with you know, yeah it's, it's kind of she's not really doing comedy which is it's so natural for her mm-hmm. yeah because her husband's a chef so i think they figured they could do something fun with it and uh i've only seen a little bit of clips but it seems fun i don't watch it regularly but it's definitely a different kind of show for a cooking yeah. show my my thing was i always wanted to pitch a cooking show where the host the main chef is completely useless and it's only her assistant or his assistant that is really doing the cooking and he, and the main host is just drunk out of their mind and, and has like no it. anything about cooking because i don't know if you ever used to watch the frugal gourmet do you remember that show i remember it i never watched it i don't think yeah yeah there was a whole thing with him supposedly some sort of pedophile thing going on so <laughs> uh he kind of gotten forgotten but um, of course. he had a assistant named jeff who mm. 
I always thought was like the guy who knew what was going on in the program. Right. It was just like the guy who was the face of the show. And mm-hmm. I always want, wanted to follow what Jeff was doing, what he was thinking. And, but this is kind of like that because Amy Schumer's just in, the, in, these, in there and she's like, yeah, let's do this. And yeah. it's her husband who really knows what he's doing. When I did jury duty a bunch of years ago, it was my favorite four days of my entire life. I'm dying to do it again. The judge <laughs> kept falling asleep. What? Yes, I swear to God, he, he, he was falling asleep, like legit snoring. And the, the, a lady would come out of the back every like 15 minutes, nudge him and like whisper in his ear, like what was happening, I think. Oh my she, God. Like, so she knew what was going on. She would pay attention because Judge Baby over here, we kept falling asleep. And that's snoring. insane. It was the funniest, most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It was that's, so entertaining. Yeah. That's wild. Because those guys are like yeah, lifetime appointments or something like that, I think, oh, yeah. right? Like they don't lose their jobs unless so. they do something really criminal. Yeah. And apparently sleeping is not one of those things. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's allowed. So today we're going to talk about gun, but I'm going to assume it's not your favorite Val Kilmer film. <laughs> no, it's not. No. What would no. be your favorite Val Kilmer film? I would say I love The Saint. Mm-hmm. Right, because we all know why. Because Elizabeth Shue yeah. is the goat in that one. <laughs> the Batman movies make me laugh. Like I don't love them, but like I, 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 if they're on, I'll watch a few minutes of it. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. I mean, of course, we all love Willow too. Yeah, we haven't know? we haven't done Batman yet in the series, but I yeah. do believe he is a perfect Bruce Wayne. It's just ridiculous. Like it's because it's he's a little like why is he doing this? But why not? It's fun. It's entertaining. Like it's not. It's not. It's not meant to be like wow. That's really good. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just meant to be entertaining. You know. Yeah. That's what. That's what. Like as you've said so many times, that's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. You know, he could do so many things, and it's like why not? Let's let's give Val Kilmer a chance of playing Batman. Yeah. So uh, before we dig into Gun, uh, we got to go back in time. Gather round as we put Kilmer in context. <laughs> so after a film festival premiere and a charity screening in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the film was shot, Gunn made its debut on home video on January 4th, 2011. Really fun time in our history. Uh, 27 states were suing the federal government about the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> U.S. Representative Gabby Giffords got shot in a mass shooting in Tucson, Arizona. The Republican House Majority Leader Tom DeLay was sentenced to prison for money laundering. It's kind of amazing how we've gone downhill in pretty much all those areas. <laughs> how, you know, how far we've come. Yeah, nothing, nothing has gotten better. It's, it's really insane that yeah. history repeats itself and yet somehow finds itself a way to get worse. Mm. And that's what's so frustrating about where we are right now. 50 was a prophet. Look at that. He knew. He knew he, that guns yeah. were going to be a problem. <laughs> Wait, 2011, you said? 2011? 2011, yeah. This it, it seems like it took place in the 90s parts of it. And Seriously, we'll, yeah. And we'll talk about it. But yeah, that's so crazy. I was only... Not even 10 years ago. No, not even. It's, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous how dated it feels. Yeah. Looking at the entertainment landscape, number one on the Billboard chart was Grenade by Bruno Mars. Oh, nice. Followed by Katy Perry's Firework. Okay. And then Kesha's We Are Who We Are, which I'm certain I've never heard before. I don't know if you recognize We Are Who We Are. Well, that's funny. There's no explosions in her song. There's Grenade, there's Firework, and <laughs> no explosions. No, I think we Kesha are is a glitter bomb, so that kind <laughs> yes. of covers it. Didn't she have sex with a ghost or something like that, she claims? Is that true? I have not yeah, heard yeah. that. She, she claims she had sex with a ghost one time and like loved it. Well, you know, everybody <laughs> has their thing. Lucky uh, ghost. Lucky ghost. <laughs> now, although I said I've never heard the song before, yeah. I have heard the song before because all of her songs seem to sound exactly the same. Like, listen to this. Yeah, I mean, they all sound alike. Yeah, I don't know how she... And, like, she started out as a songwriter. So, like, she's talented at crafting a pop song, but all of her songs sound almost the same. <sighs> That's... None, number three in the world. 
Yeah, number three. And I've never, I honestly, before I pulled this clip, I'd never heard the song in my life. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. You know, it seems like at this time, 2011, I lost all interest in radio. Yeah. Nothing. I don't know any of the chart. I looked up and down the chart and it's all foreign to me. I mean, what's my name by Rihanna? I don't know if you know that. Again, if I heard it, maybe, but yeah, yeah I, was, exactly. I, was, I have Sirius in my car, so I just listen to the Channel 43, the old school hip hop station. That's all I listen to. <laughs> Bottoms Up by Trey Songs. Again, no. nothing. The Time by the Black Eyed Peas, which is basically just an auto tune cover of the Dirty Dancing song. Right, right, right. It's pretty bad. It yeah. somehow got worse. I don't know <laughs> how they managed to do that by taking the same song and just auto tuning it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's really not a lot of variety on the chart at the time because everything's either dance pop or hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why I lost all interest. The lack of variety, if you listen to the radio, it just, it, it grates on you, at least for me, because I, I like to hear different music. I like to hear different stuff. And yeah. you don't hear that on the radio. Especially with hip hop. I'm a huge old school hip hop fan. The newer mm-hmm. stuff, which is anything from 2004 on, pretty much, I think is really bad. Um, and it all sounds alike, but it's, oh, uh, yeah. it's funny you mentioned all like Trace, all, all that stuff just sounds like mush to me. Uh, I'm not trying to be like the old white guy here, but it's just, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think it's very good. I'm a big De La Soul, Tribe Cold Quest fan, you know? Production has become very much homogenic and, you know, you don't get a lot of variety. Mm. It's all trap. It's all the same yeah. kind of sounds. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I get it that that's what's popular. And especially you need something that can play over a TikTok video. And if you yeah. don't have that, then <laughs> you're not going to work. You need that like, uh, uh, oh, part in like every song, like Katy Perry does. That's how it gets catchy and stays in your head all day and you want to yeah. kill yourself. But that's why it's like, oh, that's like you keep repeating that line over and over again. Yeah, I'm like yeah. throwing a, some third bass for me once in a while and something, yeah. something different. Because, <laughs> you know, I, listen, I actually listening to Pop Goes the Weasley the other day. And I was like, there's a reason why that song is so big because it's so different. It's such a, like, there's so many different turns in that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least Bruno Mars is up there. I like yeah. that song. My Bruno wife Mars is good. He, he's, yeah. he's actually the second straight week on the show that he's been on the top of the charts hey look at that killing, <laughs> killing it <laughs> over on uh, tv as is often the case in january football reigns supreme yes. uh with an nfl playoff game between the jets and the colts which is a huge rarity to have the jets in a playoff game uh <laughs> <laughs> that was first place in prime time drawing 33 million viewers yeah yeah it's a lot the sugar bowl college football game was third oddly looking at the chart it was a really animation heavy time on the nielsen charts oh. the simpsons were at number two uh, Bob's Burgers was at, also in the top 10 along with Family Guy. I don't think mm. that happened to anybody. I don't think those shows ranked that highly. Look at that. Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, they were, they were definitely, they were killing it at some point. They were doing really good, uh, Family Guy and all that. They, they, people just loved it. And South Park too, I guess, mm-hmm. that, unless that was one of their off years, who knows. But Yeah, um, I mean, uh, and that's, I guess that's why they keep getting these multi-year renewals. Yeah. Uh, I just saw that Bob's Burgers were renewed for like three more seasons or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I love so twenty show. wait so twenty eleven January that means the best Super Bowl of all times coming up or at least <laughs> the Giants one the of the best one Super Bowls. <laughs> the last one ever probably <laughs> at this rate yeah so the rest of the list is made up of standards you know including Modern Family Two and a mm-hmm. Half Men The Big Bang Theory and Grey's Anatomy somehow I don't know how this happened Jersey Shore slipped in there uh, for a tie for ninth well I, I mean you mentioned at the top how bad America was doing so yeah. that kind of <laughs> That kind, of, that kind of plays right into that. There. Reflected in the TV we oh, watch. Oh, God, we're pathetic. If that's I'm so problem. glad that show's gone away. I but mean, it's, it's not. They're all doing different. I still see ads with them. They're all doing stuff. They're yeah, also doing dating show. They all look exactly the same for, somehow. That's true. They're, they're, all just, they're all just doing shit. Like, how are they still getting, like, like, TV deals? I don't understand. People still like this shit? 
I don't know. I I never watched it myself. And so, you know, they're not really a part of my, my orbit. Uh, I know that there's that dating show that shot of love or whatever it's called. Um, I asked a friend of mine who watched that because when I saw this, that that show was in the, in there in the top 10, I said, are they still on the air? And he's like, they're kind of on the air. Most of them are off. Uh, they canceled the main show. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness for that. At least we have some, something to look forward I to, but that's not on the air. I think they do like, you know, 500 bucks and, and they do like a bar appearance. And they get, <laughs> they, they, just, they show up, people take shots with them. But actually now I'm sure they're hurting because they can't do their, their public appearances. Yeah, they got to uh, be on Cameo, right? Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Let, yeah let's I mean, do it. Let's send one to, to one of our old friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it's way too expensive to, to do a prank with that. It's got like 75 bucks for a Vinny or whatever. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I assume there's a Vinny somewhere, but it's gotta be <laughs> on the uh, New York times bestseller list dead or alive from Tom Clancy who led the fiction shirts, which is apparently something of like an all-star book for him, bringing the other characters from several of his novels. Hmm. The top of the chart also featured usual suspects like John Grisham, James Patterson, and Stephen King. I mean, it's I don't I don't think there's been new authors really as far as those kind right. of like <laughs> franchise authors in the past twenty years. It feels like they're always the same guys at the top of the chart. Yeah, I don't read those books. I just read like usually bi- biographies, like you know, of athletes or or, or comedians. It's like, yeah, well, you wouldn't have liked what was on the top of the nonfiction chart because it was George W. Bush, which had hey. with his memoir Decision Points. I'm sure it was an engrossing read. I'm certain yes. I will never read it. <laughs> God, it's funny for a party that's so powered by the uneducated. They do sell a lot of books. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's just to show that. Look, I have a book. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, they probably didn't read it, but it's just like to show they have a book in their in their house. I thought maybe they or, used or it their... to like to stable wobbly tables. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it could be. That's why they sell so many of them. Just broken down tables all over America. It all probably over. is. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, number one in the world. I can't Seriously. believe it. Yeah, but then half the people half the people buy that book just as like to hate it. Mm-hmm. Like they hate buy it. It's like why would you buy it to yeah. give it credit? It's like you know. Like just, just don't buy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna look like people are gonna oh it sold so much. Yeah, but half the people probably bought it to see how bad it is. Yeah, there are libraries. Just go yeah. to the library and <laughs> right. read it. Or yeah. steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the box office, obviously Gun wasn't making an appearance as what? A, as a direct to video film. <laughs> um, at the top of the movies was a Coen Brothers film, the Western True Grit. It earned nearly twenty million in its fourth week in theaters, oh. followed by Little Fockers, also mm-hmm. in its fourth week, getting almost seventeen million. All right. I don't think I ever saw that sequel. I didn't even realize that that's the third one. That was so weird that's, when I saw that. The, so it was Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, then Little Fockers, right? Yeah. I don't think I saw Little Fockers either. I think it was like, all right, enough at this point. We get it. We get the we get the joke. <laughs> like it's probably not even a whole movie for it. I don't. I don't even. I didn't even bother looking it up because I know I'm not going to watch it. Was were De Niro and Stiller in the third one? Don't even know. I assume huh. it's probably probably an easy cash grab for them, but I don't know. Who was actually in that one? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch that one. Was it was it was it, was it like the Dumber and Dumber sequel with like the weird guys who just oh, like, yeah. like just completely different actors in it? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. The only film to debut in the top ten that week was the absolutely insane Nick Cage film Season of the Witch. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's it wild. No. <laughs> it checked in at number three, uh, just being at the fourth week of Tron Legacy. Uh, mm. Not really the strongest week in the movies. No, that's that's actually really bad. Jeez, if two if two if two month old movies were still in the top one and two. That's yeah. not good. That, that's uh, not good. I mean, in the top four, there's three movies that were out for a month already. Yeah, no. What else is there? Anything else like popular or at least semi-popular? Well, it, because it's January, the rest of the yeah. top ten was mostly a mix of movies that nobody wanted to watch and Oscar <laughs> films that people you know wanted to you know check out before the the awards were given out. Right. So it was like Black Swan, uh, yeah. The Fighter, Country Strong, um, The King's Speech. 
Mm. which I, I won that year, I believe. Yeah. The Yogi Bear, the, uh, the TJ Miller oh, one. Oh my God, we just watched, my, my my kid wanted to watch it the other day. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I, like 20 minutes in, I'm like, who's doing Yogi Bear? It sounds like they're doing, they're doing a bad impression of Yogi mm. Bear. And you know who it is? No. It's Dan Aykroyd. Really? It's, and it's, it's every single thing. He says it's like this and it's not very good at all. It's like he doesn't talk normal once. And it's like he's just doing an impression the entire time. And Timberlake is boo-boo, who actually did a pretty good boo-boo. Oh, is, is he? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that, no. He sounded good, but Aykroyd. Is Bill Murray in that? Uh, don't think so. Oh, it was, okay. it was uh, I forget his name. The guy who played JT's brother on uh, Scrubs, whatever his name is. And... Mm. Um, the girl in a scary movie. I'm forgetting all their names. It's a, it's a real good list when you can only name the name them parts they were in other movies. But yeah, T.J. Miller, Uber Uber Puncher, T.J. Miller. Yeah, was in that yeah, one too. He really went downhill there. Oh, and Andy Daly plays like the villain, who's great. I, I love Andy. Daly. Oh, I love Andy Daly. Yeah, he's, he's hysterical. He, he played the villain. Oh, like, that, that, I, I'd like to see the evil mayor. The evil mayor. Yeah. Did he play in his like uh, sunshiny but you know yeah. hidden hidden evil? I love that. Yep. Like, well, I'm going to burn down the forest. See you later. It's like that. <laughs> he is the best. Yeah. And wrapping up the top 10 was the last gasps of Disney's Tangled as it hung on for hey, yet another week. Mutual friend, uh, Ricky Tangled. Yep. Not the movie, obviously. <laughs> Not the sure. movie, no. <laughs> so let's take a quick break and then we can get right into Gun. Yes. <laughs> A direct-to-video release, Gun was directed by Jesse Torero, who is a prolific music video director working with some of the biggest acts in hip-hop, including Jennifer Lopez, T.I., Sean Paul, and more. Gun was not his first feature film, though. Mm. That came six years earlier as he directed the moderately successful Kevin Hart comedy Soul Plane. Did you ever see Soul Plane? <laughs> no, I refuse. No? <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. <laughs> I have to say, it's not bad. I yeah? Mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. You're absolutely right. right. I mean, it's extremely stereotypical everything yeah. about it is like if if it was made by white people it would be a hate crime right <laughs> but it, it's it's entertaining there's i mean what i would do is just take a look on youtube and look at some of the clips of it yeah and maybe i will there's some funny stuff in there there's a lot of really funny people in it also is snoop um, in that yes snoop is the Snoop's pilot in, of the plane right 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 yeah yeah i mean there's some there's some very good performances in there just there the movie overall is just ridiculous it's just funny that he went from that the next movie he made um it was this one um gun and then his most recent film was back in 2012 freelancers with 50 cent again okay. along with uh forrest whitaker and robert de niro mm, wow so it's kind of weird that he went that trio of films and then disappeared like yeah. he hasn't he's only doing now music videos essentially but he is also making some music documentaries something called maluma and el ganador he really is focused on like the hispanic hip-hop market and apparently very popular on netflix th these films i'm surprised that gun had a director to be honest <laughs> i thought it was just like anybody just bring your phones and we'll just film it whatever just you happened <laughs> So the film opens up with the most literal, direct, and subtext-free way possible with a montage yeah. of guns. <laughs> yeah, and, and we get shot as the audience, like, right away. Like, it just turns to the kick to the camera and boom. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, we know what we're here for, you know? Oh, yeah. T Tony Yayo's bullets whistle plays, and all these guns are going by, and, and then, like you said, we get shot. This is essentially NRA porn right here. Like, yeah, you know, serious, seriously, yeah. The only problem is I think it's a black person shooting the gun, so the NRA would not be interested in this at all. <laughs> Trying to get it shut down. Yeah. We go from there to a party scene, 
And this, I thought, oh, well, we're going to get something interesting here because there's like a little bit of a heist kind of thing going on here because a guy sets off some fireworks creating a stampede in the club and then everybody rushes outside and then these guys in ski masks and they start shooting everybody. And <laughs> I don't know if you, you caught this. It certainly was the thing that stood out to me was the soundtrack behind the scene. Yeah. Where it was, it's, it's a 50 cent song and the, the lyrics are basically over and over again. Shut up, bitch. Over, over and over. Over and over again. It doesn't stop. Yeah. That's why I thought this was so outdated because like it's 2011 and was that Weebay from, from, from The Wire? He's just sitting there smoking a cigar mm-hmm. in the bar. People are, and it's, it, I always laugh at the strip club scenes with no nudity in movies. Oh yeah. It's always funny to me. Like why even bother? Just have like a regular <laughs> bar if you're going to just do that. Yeah. But, and then the one waitress who we find out with the big reveal later, but like, She's, she's acting so hard here. Like she's trying so, <laughs> she's, all she's doing is asking for a bottle of like cognac, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh man, just like, she doesn't even, she barely even says anything, but it's like, you can tell she, she tried so hard just to act natural and yeah, she whole, couldn't. The whole time, yeah. this is like, this is going to be on my reel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, she's just like, oh, I'm acting so hard here. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, then he's just smoking. No one cares. Like, so I, that's why I'm like, oh, did this take place in the eighties or something like that? Like. You get to smoke in a bar. And then the guys are whispering as the music's blasting and they hear each other fine. I always find that hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the logic in the scene doesn't quite work. No, no. When you put it all together. Yeah. We find out that one of the masked men outside who was shooting uh, these people is 50 Cent. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, immediately, I, I was like, is 50 Cent going to be the hero of this movie? Because he is one of the, he is the main star. Right. And, but he just murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. Is he going to be the guy we're rooting for? We still don't know. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's 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 blown people away, laughing maniacally at this part. Oh yeah, we see and his first attempt at acting too, and it's like, wow, nailed it, Fiddy. We're, Keep going. <laughs> we'll talk more about his acting ability. <laughs> yeah. It is a is a sight to behold. Yes. So we find out the reason why he's shooting all these people. He wants to eliminate his competition in town. Of course. And so that's why he's taking out the opposition. But then we jump back to the scene and we meet the police, which includes Detective Rogers, who's played by James Remar. He's a TV vet. Yeah. He's been in like everything. Yeah. And he played Dexter's dad on Dexter on Showtime. Oh, okay. So if you recognize him, that's probably where you recognize him mm-hmm. from. So he's investigating the scene and we find out that 12 people were shot, six died. <laughs> and then we go back to the film's titles. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now we meet with everybody else who's, in the, who's made the movie. This is the oddest thing. I've never seen a movie that we're five minutes into it and now we're still doing titles to this movie. The, the best part, and you, you just kind of mentioned the best part was when the cops say, like, when he shows up, he's like, what happened? And he's like, 12 wounded. He's like, well, how many dead? Six. <laughs> Wait, you couldn't start with the six dead? Wouldn't that be the more important part? Exactly. Like, you just kind of like left that out. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, by the way, there's six dead bodies right here, too. Like, <laughs> This cop is so angry the entire time. He's, he's so frustrated that he just can't do his damn job. Oh, yeah. They, you know, these guys the are cop. right out of the stereotype of, of a uh, cop in a cop movie. <laughs> and, then, and this was written by 50, which, and you got to give him credit. I mean, like. You say you have to give him credit. We'll talk about why you may okay. not have to give him credit. Because <laughs> there's a whole story about that. <laughs> okay. The, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, but then you get to the credits. And this, and this part of the song just repeats over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like during the credits, like they don't. It's like it's like it's on like like a bad record. Just keeps skipping. It seems like. Yeah. And yeah. what was the point of going back to the scene to hear them talk about how many people got shot and then eventually how many people got killed? Because it doesn't do anything to the movie. We it doesn't matter who how many people got killed. And then what's even odder is that in the car you hear the radio. There's a radio announcement of the yeah. news that's going on, yeah. and the numbers are completely different than what yeah. they told you at the scene. <laughs> yeah, he said thirteen. I was like, wait, they just said twelve a second. Literally. 
30 seconds ago. They so just the cops don't know what's going on, but the news <laughs> people do? <laughs> Maybe the cop killed somebody by accident when they were there. The only good thing about these titles, you know, as you're watching them, which are done in like a re- really weird architectural font, mm. which does not match to what this film is at all. It yeah. does, the feelings come so bad. Is we find out that Danny Trejo and John Larroquette are in this film. John fucking Larroquette, man. Was I can't tell you how happy I was when I saw those I names. I used to love that show, his show. <laughs> but it was very unexpected. And he's in it for about a minute and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but he makes an impact. Yeah. He sure does. He sure <laughs> we, does. We will go over that insane impact that he makes. <laughs> What's funny about this montage, too, this credit scene, is that like it's, it's the stereotypical, oh, we're going to drive through the ghetto and see really bad neighborhoods. But sometimes it's just like fall. And the, and the trees have no leaves. It's it's like a, someone's front lawn, but it's not like a bad neighborhood. No. And it's like shot red. It wasn't didn't look like it was that bad of a neighborhood. I'm like that just seems fine. It just seems like it's fall. Yeah, and they like only the had a few minutes to shoot in the bad yeah. side of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Oh, fifty in your writing. So you mentioned <laughs> that we have to give credit to fifty cent for his writing because Tell me what, the, what happened here? Yeah, the film's writing credit it says right there by Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson. Right. So this leads us to the saltiest IMDb trivia item I've ever seen. Oh. Now I'll just read it verbatim. You do so much research for this show. I do zero for my podcast. <laughs> this is amazing. Jackson took full writing credit, although he never wrote a single word of the script. Nah. The script was rewritten by multiple writers, including director Jesse Torero, who did not take a credit on the film. <laughs> they probably didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's funny because... 50 Cent has another credit for screenwriting on a different film called All Things Fall Apart, which he was, he was the star of. And it just so happens there's an IMDb trivia note about that film. <laughs> Curtis Jackson did not write a single line of dialogue or any of the screenplay, but took oh full writing credit along wow. with Brian Miller. Wow. Mario Van Peebles rewrote the script in its entirety while working with Miller and then filed the WGA claim against the production for credit. Interesting. And didn't win. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Oh so God. writers beware, 50 Cent will steal your script. Online, I'm not sure if you know 50's social media presence. Not very well. He is a huge troll. Oh. Like, he <laughs> fights with a lot of people. He just got in a fight with Dr. Dre's 15-year-old daughter. Oh, great. Like, and she kind of, she really, she really, you know, spilled all the tea, as they say. Yeah, you don't um, fight with a teenage girl on, online. <laughs> yeah, especially Dre's daughter. So, um, but he's, he's very salty. Like, he's, he gets to do a lot of fights with people. People don't like 50 at all. Anymore. for good reason apparently because he's still older yeah one. yeah <laughs> wow that's so interesting man that he's such a scumbag <laughs> so then we cut to a prison we're done with the titles finally we're 15 minutes or so into the film i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> so val kilmer is that him you couldn't even that, tell yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his flowing mane because you oh, know yeah. it's a late val kilmer film yeah and he's being released from prison yeah and we get a very subtle shot of him taking his wedding ring off <laughs> He puts like, it, takes it out like, of the bag and puts yeah. it into, the, into, into his pocket. And I was pocket. like, oh, putting it in his pocket. I wonder what that means. Mm. <laughs> As if we don't know that something happened to his wife. Right. This is the, uh, the bloated Val Kilmer in late in his career. Yes. We all come to love. It's, it's funny <laughs> when you see him, when you forget, like, how large he got. Because he was, such, you know, his yeah. early movies, he was in great shape. And a young, Slim, great shape. No offense, we're all fat now, right? Jeez, but, <laughs> but, but, but just saying. It's just funny when you see like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's right. He got quite large later yeah. in his career. I always like, you know, say like, I can't judge anybody's weight or, or build or, or right. shape. Not judging. But then again, I was never in shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, right. So I can say, well, at least I didn't go downhill. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is funny when you source it. Yeah, he did the whole. He had like a couple bucks in his pocket and a and a wedding ring. Yep. So, uh, so that's some some very subtle foreshadowing for us yes. sort of in the film. Back with Fifty Cent, he and his crew, he's trying to make a deal, and we get to see some of Fifty Cent's acting chops here, as you yeah. mentioned before. Yeah as he barrels through a laundry list of firearms. I, I wrote that, dude, it's like three minutes of his entire inventory of guns. The guy's like, what else you got? And he just goes through like the whole entire Call of Duty list, basically, of every gun in the game. <laughs> and then the guy says, good start, what else you got? It's like, what? I just <laughs> told you every fucking gun ever made. That's not enough for you, you psycho? Yeah, I yeah. know nothing about guns. I, I, I hate guns. Yeah. But, so I have no idea if any of this is real or made up. But the, that, that P90 thing is real because I use it in Call of Duty sometimes. <laughs> so that, I was like, oh, it actually looks just like the gun <laughs> that I get in the game. <laughs> I have to say that 50 Cent is a master at mumbling through his dialogue. He mumbles in his raps too. Some, like, he was very always like that. Like, he just kind of doesn't articulate, which is fine. He's very tough and I get it. I, and I do like his raps, like his early stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he's very, he doesn't open his mouth a lot. That's the he, thing, yeah. Just, yeah, I think, he, did he have his, uh, I know Kanye had his jaw wired shut. I forget if 50 did one time, but he just doesn't open his mouth a lot when he talks. Yeah, he's it's very frustrating to listen to. He's always frustrated at somebody. <laughs> it, it, apparently this was a real issue for him with his dialogue oh yeah because we have another imdb trivia note <laughs> oh i love this this is a gift that keeps on giving jackson routinely showed up not knowing any of his lines yeah. nor knowing how to act but he wrote it what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> the other actors actually had to teach him how to block the scenes uh, well i mean what come on what he look this was he wasn't even at his height at this point you know was, he was a little it was slightly past his his prime here rapping wise so it's like i feel like this came out a little too late if this came out in like 07 and mm-hmm. it's still at its height that's probably why they tried to capitalize on it but i'm sure this movie didn't do very well overall no I- i'm guessing so like it came out a little too late for them to capitalize on his fame and-, and hype yeah but yeah i mean it's he just didn't give a shit he just wanted to be in a movie i guess make out a i white guess woman. and somebody was willing to put him in the movie because <laughs> yeah you know, i have to imagine what a fun production to be on here Jesus. where this guy is claiming credit for all the writing, doesn't know the words. <laughs> the other okay. actors are looking at each other and, and you've got Val Kilmer on the set who is known to be difficult to work with. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm the sure double, Jesse Terrero has some stories from the set. The double whammy. You got to get him on. You got to interview the directors later <laughs> sometimes on this show. I'd love to talk to him about this one, Great. but I have a feeling, you know, considering he still works with the people around 50 Cent, I'm not, I'm not going to get much out of him. <laughs> Do like the, uh, the, the green screen, like, like cover his face like a FBI informant or something. Do that morphed voice. Thing. Right. Like, like this. Yeah, 50 was very good to work with. <laughs> <laughs> so Kilmer is set up in a low rent motel. He's been in two scenes now in this movie and we haven't heard a word from him. Not a word. He's like, I'll do my lines later. Okay, this is, this is all just just expressions and looks. It's pretty amazing that he, yeah. you know, it's funny because later on, I mean, not funny, but later on, he lost his voice because of his throat cancer right. and the surgery required from it. So he really has this practice of being able to work without actually having to talk. He can just express himself by through his brooding looks and you know, all that. Would have been a great silent film star. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he definitely would be a, a good thug in a silent film. Yeah. And then and this is like, the, again, it's it's all very stereotypical cliche stuff so far as far as like, yo, here are my guns. Let's do a bad deal. And then it's like this, the, this tragic hero goes to a really shitty hotel to live at. Like, it's all like, mm-hmm. we've seen this a thousand times. Oh, absolutely. There's so this, many movies. This yeah. is nothing new. And, you know, maybe that's why the writer didn't fight to keep the, Man, <laughs> the name no, on it. The, the whole time I'm like, wow, 50. Okay. He just took everything he saw in other movies and put into this movie. That's what I thought. But it's so funny. He didn't write a line of it. No, <laughs> I, I, I totally believe that too, that he didn't write a line. But Oh, I believe it too. Since there's that, two movies now that people claim that <laughs> yeah. happened on. <laughs> 
So we're checking in with the police who are investing in the club shooting and they find out that they're dealing with budget cuts and that's <laughs> Again, it. cliche. That's it. Yeah. So that's this... it. That's the end of the scene. Like, that's it. It's a budget cut. This movie just jumps back and forth. I, yeah, it's a lot of that. A lot of like, wait, why is that? What was the point of that? Yeah. Because you're already onto the next scene by the time you're trying to process what just happened. Because <laughs> now we're back yeah. to Kilmer and once again, not a word. <laughs> This film was edited by somebody with an attention span deficit because yeah. they, it, it seems last maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. When I pushed play and it saw it was only an hour and 18 minutes, I was like, perfect. Yes. <laughs> like, it's a pretty short movie in general, too, which I was happy about. Absolutely. Uh, so the cops meet Agent Peterson, Agent Monroe, the ATF, who... Ugh, this guy the, sucks. Again, like you said, such cliche. Yeah. The federal agents are total pricks. They, the, that, that young cop couldn't roll his eyes enough. <laughs> He could not be more ugh, about the old cops. Whatever he said, he's like, get, get me some proof on literally everything. Even when he had proof, he's like, get me more proof. It's like, I just gave, I just told you what happened. How like, much do you want? <laughs> you know, apparently the mayor called these guys in to help take on the city's gun problem. Right. And they sent the worst guys they could find. Because, the worst. <laughs> and the best part is they're barely in the film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they didn't find me five minutes total, but every time they come in, the guy's like, he's just a little prick. Yeah. My favorite part of this is when the, uh, the cops telling him, like, we found a Smith and Wesson, whatever, the world's most powerful handgun. Like, he's telling a group of cops that, like, I'm sure the cops probably know this. Like, yeah. you know, to, but, but, but for the audience, whoa, that must be a big deal. She just so turned funny. to the camera. Yeah, like, really, that really made such a bit. Like, the way that he's delivered that line was so ridiculous. Like, if you didn't know, dun, 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 <laughs> the world's most powerful handgun. Yeah, I love in this scene that roger's right hand man the uh, young morgan freeman yes yep with the hat on the whole time right? always like, has a hat on always <laughs> never doesn't have that hat on yeah. that guy has watched seven a few too many times <laughs> he yeah. is playing it to the hilt as that we learned that the history like you said the gun we've got to search for the suspect like you said this scene is again one of those scenes where there was no point to this scene it's yeah. just to dump out everything we know about where this gun was and in reality if it wasn't in the movie nothing affects the rest of the story it really doesn't <laughs> you know, knowing where the gun was makes no difference no we know in the end it's going to be 50 cent that's going to be the problem right why do we need all this backstory about back doors and pawn shops and all that meaningless totally yeah meaningless. yeah the pawn shop guy was good typical <laughs> pawn shop owner this giant fat dude with a tank top and just gross yeah he was he was awesome <laughs> so kilmer pops back up again now at the bar and i thought oh my god we're gonna get another silent scene <laughs> he's Kilmer. he's he's so confused he's even in this movie i think at this point he did <laughs> he still doesn't know if they if they started filming they just kind of followed him around with the cameras all right don't just film me walking around <laughs> <laughs> but he actually speaks this time and he orders yeah. a whiskey from and, from who what did i miss something that's lala anthony Carmel oh is it anthony. really that's, that's Carmel. i was like lala yeah i had no she's idea. lala she's lala vasquez in the credits that's that's, that's carmelo anthony well, that's wife. why i wouldn't know yeah i'm a huge carmelo anthony fan so i was like look at her Huh. Getting, some, getting some early work. Yeah. <laughs> so he orders his whiskey and he wants to find Clinton, this guy. Of course. And he runs into one of 50s boys and punches him so hard in the chest, it apparently knocks him out. He just karate chop, like right in the neck, it looks like. So fast and hard. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, he's got superpowers now that he can knock people out with a punch like that to the chest. <laughs> and then nobody reacted. No. Nobody. And, and it was like the middle of the day. And 50 just goes, hey, come here, man. Like, like it was no big deal <laughs> he knocked out this giant black dude like he was ready to fight him and just bah! and that's it it's people just like all right whatever normal tuesday here at whatever the place the cocktails with a z <laughs> <laughs> 
So we find out that Val Kilmer's name is Angel in the film. Yeah, uh, which, which I did not know until 50 minutes in, probably. Yeah. I don't know if it was Angelo, Eric, Angel. Because every time 50 said it, I was like, what? What did he say? Yeah, I really didn't know it was Angel until like the final <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so he sits down for a conversation with 50 Cent and we find out it's been 10 years since they've seen each other. Right. And as, we, as you heard in the intro of the film, he says, what are you into now? Crime. <laughs> I burst out laughing at that part. It was such a great, that's why, that's why you think 50 wrote this because that's definitely something you'd be like, this is cool. This is definitely <laughs> what someone would say. It's such a great, ridiculous line. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, my favorite can... part of the film. It's yeah, definitely it, my favorite part. Me too. I'm glad, I'm glad you chose that. <laughs> For the intro the crime. He's like, all right, yeah, me too. He's all like happy with him. Oh, yeah. Great. Could you tell the story from back in the day where we get a visual of Kilmer in a hoodie, which is just so unnatural. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, casual Kilmer is a strange concept. I don't, I'm trying to think back. You have to go all the way back to maybe, you know, uh, real Kilmer. genius to get casual Kilmer. <laughs> he feels like a guy who is always in some sort of unnecessary clothing, you know, to make him seem more yeah. fashionable or more formal. Yeah. I think of, you know, the saints. I think of, you know, Batman, I, all these films, yeah. Thunderheart, he's in a suit. He's never in a hood, a, a hooded sweatshirt seems so weird to see Kilmer in. I think wardrobe is not very, they never long, good. They had some budget cuts for wardrobe in this, uh, <laughs> this movie. Can, can we, re, can we uh, rewrite that Depeche Mode song uh, for casual? Kilmer. That'd be a great video. Just Kilmer just walk around in this disgusting jacket. He's got this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> he is terrible outfits in this movie. <laughs> and 50, 50 makes fun of him. Yes, he does. In the movie. <laughs> It's like, why the fuck are you wearing that? Do you have money? I feel like that was that wasn't like part of the script. They just like were filming. That's like B roll. They just kept it. It looks like because he still never changed his outfit. No, even like, even when he told him to, he still had the exact same thing on at the end. Oh, this is so good. What are we watching again? I, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So Kilmer helped out 50 Cent Void Prison back in the past, and obviously he very much appreciates it. And we don't really know if they really knew each other during that deal either, right? Like, I they don't just, think so. I don't, I don't think it was cl- they were close or anything. <laughs> it wasn't clear at all like what really what happened there. Yeah, it seemed like he was like, just like, hey, you know, I'll take you. Get in the car. Let's go. Right. <laughs> It was very strange. So Kilmer wants a gun because he wants to take care of something personal. And now I'm starting to wonder what's going on with Kilmer in this film yeah, because yeah. it's something's up with this. And then we find out through a series of black and white photos that he's being trailed. Mm. So, oh, okay. Well, something is definitely happening here. And, and so we're actually getting a bit of a story, which I was surprised to actually get a story because <laughs> I thought this was gonna, just going to be cliche gun scenes over and over again. Only 30 minutes in, we finally got a little bit of a plot. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to Gabriella who is played by Anna Lynn McCord. I felt like she was big for some reason when I heard like the name, it sounded familiar to me. She was on Nip Tuck and 90210, the, the reboot series. Okay. And she's at the bar and she's getting hit on when 50 Cent shows up, who now has transformed into a business 50 Cent. Right. <laughs> because now he's in a, a suit and everything. Yep. And he kicks the guy away. And apparently she's a part of his business. But how did he kick the guy away? I thought it was very creative. <laughs> Remember what, what he did to that guy? He dropped the bullet into yeah. the guy's drink. So yeah. this guy comes over, tries to hit on this stereotypical cliche white rich lady. And then 50 comes over and tries to stop him. And he drops a bullet in the cup and he goes, 
next time it won't be in your cup or something like that. Like something like that. Or next time it won't come from my hand. I think yeah. it's something ridiculous like that. Like, it was, it was, it was so dopey. And you I, I mean pulled. a gun? And he ran <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. Okay. I mean, so would I, but then, yeah, then we realized they're best buds. What I like is that, you know, this is 50 and this woman trying to be casual and low key. <laughs> and right. He drops a bullet in somebody's drink. It's sorry. It starts fizzing too, for some reason. I'm not sure it was like a pop rock or something. <laughs> <in there. laughs> I don't know why it fizzies. So they're talking about the business and right. he gives <laughs> the super clever line of, uh, you think you can handle this load? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to a very aggressive, quick cut sex scene. Yeah. I was surprised there was no nudity in the scene. Well, there was, it was only 50s, but twice. That's what, that's what I'm talking <laughs> that's about. Yeah. I immediately thought of Tommy Wiseau in the room. Oh, definitely. <laughs> because I was wondering on set, what was the discussion that was going on when they're filming the scene? Like, was he saying, yeah, you definitely got to get more of me in the scene? <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like a, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, Angel. Yeah, it was very aggressive and dark and weird. Yeah, I'm like thinking, this is an R-rated film. There's, they shouldn't be holding anything back, and there's no nudity in the scene. Yeah. I was really sh- shocked. But they tried. They wanted to. I think Fifty probably wanted. I'm sure oh, he yeah. was going for it. Yeah. But yeah. It was like, nope. <laughs> he showed up on set just completely naked. And like, Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and once that's done, we're back to our police friends because this movie can't stay still for more than three minutes. Of course. And they're watching Fifty Cent at the bar, and he surprises them. And again, this is where I. If you told me, yes, 50 Cent did write this film, I would say, okay, I can buy it because the cop busts out the I'm getting too old for this shit line. It was so perfect. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say it every line, to be honest. Every time he had a line, I'm surprised he didn't throw it in there. I'm getting too old for this shit every single time he said anything. It's, it's so, such a, like you said, a cliche film over and over again. Oh, yeah. And yet nobody, you know, try, you think you, one of these actors would be like, can we try something different? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we could do something that's unique or just me. But the only person doing unique work is really the director of photography because he's busy shooting breakfast foods being cooked. <laughs> the next scene, the eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why is there so much footage of eggs being cooked in this movie? There's a lot of weird, like tiny one, two second clips that, I think it was because the movie was very short, probably mm-hmm. to try to space out as much as they could. Because, like, guys, this movie's coming out at 72 minutes. Like, we, <laughs> we need more stuff. You know? Turn the cameras on. Let's go. <laughs> more grunts. I don't know, 50. Can you do something? <laughs> so, after breakfast is done, uh, 50, breakfast at this bar, it's, it's so strange. It's, a, it's gross. It's such a weird yeah. idea. Yeah. You, know, they, you always talk about like the buffet at a strip club, but like breakfast at a bar is no, is not, is no, maybe worse. Dirty, gross. Yeah, there's no way that it tastes good. I don't get it. <laughs> so, Kilmer's back and he's looking for work now. And 50 Cent takes him on on a, a deal he's doing. Now, yep. I'm thinking about this. There's no talk of payment. How does, how does it work? I was wondering when you work for a criminal, <laughs> do you just say, well, eventually I'll get paid, but you know, there's no talk of benefits, no pensions. <laughs> no. You know, he's, just, he's just in for whatever it's coming up. Yeah, you got to get your cut. Yeah, this is the problem with the gig economy. Is that <laughs> the worker is constantly being screwed. It's all about your cut, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I say what it is, just hopefully you get your cut. Yeah, because then eventually we find out some people don't get their cut. Yeah, yeah, the guy who he, who he cried chopped doesn't trust them. No. Rightful, rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> so 50 Cent fills in Kilmer on his business model, which is, yeah. again, in any movie, I'm sorry, any movie where there's criminal activity going on, if somebody who is not originally part of the organization is being told all about the organization, that person is probably 
a narc of some sort or, or yeah. an undercover. So I don't trust Kilmer at this point at all. And, and the karate chop guy even said, we shouldn't be telling all this stuff, man. Shouldn't be yeah. showing him all this stuff. And he's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. It's my boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I get it. And 50 has this, you know, sense of loyalty to the guy who saved him, kept him out of prison, but you're a businessman. You have a suit. Use your mind. <laughs> we don't even know why Angel went to prison, do we ever? No, because he got away with 50 Cent as far as I was aware. Right. So we have no idea. But he, I know he said, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Like, yeah. we have no idea why he, how long he was in for, what no. happened. Just they haven't like, seen each other in 10 years. But it seemed like it wasn't that long. It's very strange. Yeah. So the deal that uh, 50 takes Kilmer on is with a Mexican cartel. And here's Danny Trejo. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I love Danny Trejo. Unfortunately, he's not really well used in this film. Mm-hmm. He's just a very brief scene and he doesn't get to do a whole lot. He's looking to acquire some weapons. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, every gun deal in the gun movie has gone wrong, by the way. Yes. Nothing, every nothing works. scene has gone wrong. 50 Cent is a bad businessman, apparently. <laughs> Or this is just the general way that that gun deals work it and we probably, just don't know about it. It's probably pretty natural. Yeah, probably yeah. pretty standard. <laughs> we, don't, pretty standard we don't hear really. about the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys meet in an alley. They're doing business with you, sir. You too. There you go. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, something about criminals working with criminals. It doesn't work out. Yeah, There's no yeah. honor among thieves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Trejo pulls a gun on 50 Cent. You know, Kilmer sees it. And there's a shootout and the kill- cartel are all killed. And so they split the money up. And like you said, 50 Cent gives uh, Dante, the guy who got karate chopped, money to Kilmer. And now you know that's going to be a problem going forward. Oh, yes. I mean, again, this film has no subtlety to it at all. And so <laughs> we know that Dante has an issue with Kilmer taking his money. Yeah. And 50 pulls a gun on Dante right to his head and said, it'll blow his fucking head off right now. <laughs> he said, say one more word. And he didn't. Dante didn't say nothing. Good for no, him. Dante is m- maybe the smartest character in the movie <laughs> because he knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He said, and then he said, it would be an honor for you to take my cut. That's what he said. Fiddy's <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah, now, so. Although I love the line, what are you into now? Crime. Yeah. This next scene might be my favorite scene in the movie where it's storytelling time at the bar. Because yes. we find out about 50s time oh my in a God. foster home. This wasn't this was insane. Oh, so, so, and, and this is the first time we see that he keeps he keeps trying to call somebody. He keeps trying to call mm-hmm. his wife. We were like, oh, they're probably divorced. She doesn't talk to him anymore. She yeah. took the kid and ran. That, that, that's also a very little subtle scene they keep throwing in there. And we don't know why. But yeah, yeah this this flashback, oh my God. <laughs> Absolute insanity. Again, more proof that 50 probably wrote it. Yes. <laughs> so we find out that when 50 was a kid, his favorite TV show was Golden Girls. Of course. Which is awesome. I yeah. mean, that's such an odd little detail to include in this uh-huh. film. Yeah. That his favorite film show is Golden Girls. And so when he was in this group home, a bigger kid took over the television. Apparently there's a deal amongst the kids in the, in the house that each person had their night where they right. got to choose what they watched. And yep. his was Golden Girls. Very fair. Very yeah. Fair. I mean, that's, that's a good deal. I mean, everybody yep. gets what they want. Unless two shows are on the same night, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to hope that there's no conflicts there, especially with what happens next. <laughs> so a and, for key, those, yep. and for those that are listening, you will never guess what happens next. No, no, I did not. I mean, even as it's happening, you're right. like, <laughs> this isn't happening. <laughs> you think he's gonna maybe plug it in somewhere yeah. else? <laughs> like he he knows he he'll do his own thing. <clears throat> Yes. So a bigger kid take, tries to stop him from watching Golden Girls. So he leaves the room, 50, yep. and comes back with a little TV. Mm-hmm. And like you, you said, you know, he's going to plug it in and watch his Golden Girls on this little TV yeah. because, you know, he's going to do his own thing. No, he smashes the TV <laughs> onto the kid's head. 
Yeah. That Max is, Hedrum, is now a TV. Max Hedrum style. Just walk around with the TV <laughs> on his head, this kid. Yeah. Here's your hat. Boom. And he, and he said he doesn't – they kind of said, like, oh, yeah, the kid got hurt. Like, he didn't die from that? Like That would be death. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They didn't make it seem like the kid died. Yeah, there's it's so like, much glass inside of those things and the weight right, of the tube. <clears throat> yeah. He's dead. <laughs> it had to have been. Like, it was so ridiculous. Yeah. I couldn't believe that happened. I, I loved it. But it's amazing. Especially, it's got this, like, desaturated look to it. It's like a fairy tale <laughs> and crash yeah. TV on top of the head. Oh, oh, oh. And, and, then, he, <laughs> and then he said – there's your growing pains or something like that. <laughs> They're definitely growing pains, Joe. Yeah, yeah, he threw out the growing pains line. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it was so great. It was the corniest thing ever. It is, but it's so great. And it so doesn't fit in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so, and that's where maybe 50 Cent didn't write this movie because it doesn't feel like anything else in the movie. I'll give that to the director, maybe. That yeah, was his little bit. <laughs> so at the bar, Gabrielle is paying a visit to 50. And she's upset about the dust up with the cartel because yeah. uh, it's bringing too much attention on them. Come on. But that, and that's it. Again, yep. this movie can't flow in any way. It just is like, I have, a, I have a piece of information to get out. I have to drop it in in this 30 seconds and then move on. And this one, and, and, and Val walks past them. He's, he's, like, he's like, who is that? And Weebae's like, Don't, you know, none of your fucking business. <laughs> so he, walk, he walks past. That's when you start to think that Val's in cahoots with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're definitely getting clues here. Yeah. So the cops are talking about how they're going to take down 50, but the feds who, like I said, they're barely in this movie. And then suddenly they show up and say that they're going to take over and they think that 50 cents is just a, a street thug. So they're wasting our time. Yeah. And the an old guy who can't take the shit anymore told the young guy who sucks, he gave him all this proof. <laughs> and the young guy's still just like, this is nothing. I need more proof. Give me what you got his head on a platter or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, I just gave you everything. <laughs> what, what else is there? Yeah, come on. I mean, it's, he's clearly the guy yeah. that we're trying to get. Like, yeah. Unless you have video of him actually doing it, we're not going to get much more. Yeah. Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've hit two scenes. I mean, maybe I like this movie a lot. Maybe as I'm talking right? about it, I'm realizing that I like this movie a lot because we come up to another scene that is so memorable because – 50 has a guy strung up or chained okay. upside yes. down. Yeah. And, and what, what, what kind of guy? He looks like Karnoff from the old <laughs> Nintendo the game. game. <laughs> Just a big Abdul the Butcher type guy. Absolutely. You know? I, I have never seen man breasts upside down before, I realized no. after watching this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's just in his undies and he's upside down with his hands tied behind his back. Yeah. And right away I was just like, oh, this is going to be gross probably what happens. And oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. He beats him with a baseball bat for where? setting up a bad deal with the car. Where, though? Where, where, where does he beat him? Well, all over at first, and then mostly right <laughs> over and over yes. in his nuts. Just this man has wham. no genitals now. No, they're flat. Like, he, he, yeah, he barely hit it. He hit him a couple times in the chest, which I don't think is going to hurt that much. This mm. guy was pretty padded. Yeah. But. Over and over again in his nuts was. Yeah, his crazy. legs are spread upside down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Which, a like a chicken wing, like you know, make a wish and like a big yeah. V. Just he kept wailing on him. Again, something I've never seen in a movie before. So, <laughs> congratulations to this filmmakers. It would be, be hilarious if fifty <laughs> if his thing if he just goes, hold on, guys, I'll be right back. He comes back with a small thirteen inch television and just smashes it on the guy's nuts, <laughs> like like that's his calling card, you know. He's just always <laughs> smashing TVs up there. That'd be amazing. There's <laughs> <laughs> your growing pains. And this, this is the same line again. Yeah. Like people leave like a rose at the crime scene sometimes, you know, he just leaves smashed TVs on people's heads and nuts. 
<laughs> uh, pictures of yeah the Seaver family. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So it ends with Kilmer killing the guy with a God. gunshot. He just got so he got, you know I think yeah the guy was pleading for his life and screaming <laughs> and Angel just was like I ain't gonna have this no more. Yeah, I thought he was going to, he knew something about Angel mm-hmm. and was going to reveal that he was working with the cops. Or some, I don't know how he would have known that, but mm. I, I, you know, maybe I'm just giving him more credit than I think he deserves are. as a storyteller. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> otherwise, uh, it was just that Angel just wanted to kill this guy. I think he, did, he wanted to kind of end the guy's suffering, it seemed like to me, because mm. it was pretty, because he's still he's technically not a bad guy, Angel. He just wanted to just end this guy. He, he was going to die anyway, probably. So I think he just wanted to kind of do it and maybe also prove to, prove to 50 that he could Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's his way of, you know, his blood in kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a very memorable scene. <laughs> <laughs> very. <laughs> what follows is not so memorable, a montage of shootings and arrests and sales. Makes no sense, I wrote down. I wrote no. this montage makes no sense. No. It, it just didn't. What's the point of this? <laughs> We, we we see the pawn shop guy getting arrested somehow. Yeah, we see, we see other guys. Yeah, it's just like the, the cops with, with those charts, like with the line with this yarn drawn to them, like they're all yelling. At, yeah, yeah, they're all yelling at each other, like you know, with the music playing. It's like what is? I don't understand what's going on here. Like, they, we just fast forwarded forty five minutes, and they finally got to they finally figured out who it is or whatever. Like they got the more proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the proof, but we didn't know they got the proof. Like yeah. it just happens. Because <laughs> you know the feds aren't around, so I don't know what happened there. They were they didn't stop this, so these you know the cops just went nuts and started arresting everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. My goodness. And at, because of all this happening, Gabrielle warns Fifty Cent again about getting sloppy about who she, right. he's dealing with, and her concern that the deals are going to link back to her organization. I mean, at this point, it's clear we know what's happening because then the next scene, Kilmer's meeting with the cops. Yep. And we find out that he was released to prison to help take down 50 Cent. Yep. And then the big reveal yeah. that 50 Cent oh. killed Kilmer's wife at the bar. Who was the original waitress who was acting so hard. Yeah. Now, what's the timeline here? <laughs> How long did this happen? Seriously, because here's why. It's, he said ten, he got out of prison in 10 years, right? Or it was mm-hmm. 10 years ago. They haven't seen each other. She just, it seemed like she just got shot within the past couple of months or even a year tops. But he's still But he's still calling her cell phone that still works yeah for some reason like i don't he keeps getting a voicemail and we we keep thinking like oh she's just not answering but Mm -hmm. we find out she's dead like i didn't understand i was like wait was this 10 years ago or one like either way the phone's still not gonna be on yeah when she stops paying the bill they're gonna shut the line off who's paying this this dead person's bill like i don't understand (laughs) like it it made the the time i really made this what really i hate saying oh the movie really fell apart for me here but it just didn't make i kept thinking about it for like 10 minutes like wait when did she die? When was that first scene? It seemed like it was very recent. Mm-hmm. But he yeah, said the, 10 years ago. I, I'd have no idea. Because then you, you look back at that montage that just happened. How long was that montage of all the arrests? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been months, it seems like. Yeah, there's a lot of work going was on. Was it like one afternoon? I have no idea. Like, yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it didn't make sense. But oh, it was great. It was because it was so like, ah, okay. <laughs> the thing is here. So we find out that 50 Cent killed Kilmer's wife. Yeah. It's not clear that Kilmer knows that though at this point, because it's all in a flashback. Right? Why would like? Yeah, it's it's weird. A lot of this didn't make sense here. No. It was just it was just like really? yeah, we'll just start it. Maybe they'll get it. <laughs> I feel like it was like yeah, let the audience figure it out. Yeah, yeah. does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So now that we have this going on, the cops met. Fifty Cent wants to meet with Kilmer in the middle of the night, and we know that's that's a problem. Always, <laughs> like, always that can't never be good. Never a good sign. Kilmer's no. very reluctant. 
so he tells him about being double crossed. He tells him the story about watching his parents get killed in front of him while he hid in a closet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, this again, like the beginning of the movie was such an NRA commercial with all the guns and, you know, <laughs> all that. Now we have this story and all that 50 Cent believes is that if they had had a gun, they would have been safe. Right. He literally says that. Like, Did the NRA pay for this film to be made? Because hey, it's right. such a talking point. That's a documentary to, to dive into this, I think. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> They're teaming up with 50 Cent to, to make this happen. Because, I mean, come on, that's BS. These yeah. two people with a gun would have stopped these, this lunatic who came and killed them for, you know, right. for this crime? No way. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But now we know why 50 Cent was so hard and dropping TVs on people's heads. Yeah. Yeah, we and, and we think 50's on to Kilmer and gonna probably smash a TV on his head. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he's he he wants to promote him, yeah. which is very nice. <laughs> so, you know? yeah, moving up in the in the organization. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where we get that little coda that where he's like, "You you're just terrible." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that moment. <laughs> so then we find out who is behind the organization that Gabriella works for. Yeah, and it's John Larroquette. Oh, so good. Oh, I was like, yes, Co- comedic actor. <laughs> Very funny man, mm-hmm. John Larroquette. <laughs> yes. He is a gun manufacturer, and he's mm-hmm. using the street violence to push gun sales. He drops Ooh. the N-word with the hardest R I've ever heard. <laughs> the N-word of all N-words. He just says it. And you know what's funny? He says it off camera. Remember, I don't think you see him saying it. Mm-hmm. That might have been like his one, like, you know what? I don't want it in my mouth. <laughs> right. I don't want them to see me actually saying it. I'll say it in a VO booth somewhere, but I don't want my, actually my lips to people to see that. And there's 20 minutes. And again, there's literally 20 minutes left of the movie. Mm. That's the first time we see him, but he just says like, he just says it. I'm like, ah, yikes. He just my said, head almost fell off. Yeah. And the white lady, I always forget her name. She was just like, oh no. Yeah. Like, she made a face. And yeah. Like, yeah whoa. She's like, she's like, I'm banging him by the way, like, very aggressively. And, and he knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tells her to take a shower after. Right. He's gonna, he's gonna Jesus, use her. Jesus I was Christ. like, "What is going on, John Larroquette?" I, I, w- I did not expect that at no. all. W- w- what casting? <laughs> who else was up for? Who else was up for that role? I want to know. For the Edward man. Right. <laughs> I mean, when were him? Crazy. Like he had to read the script right at some point. <laughs> he went. Maybe. This is for me. I mean, he had 12 lines, so I'm sure he read everything before he agreed to it. Maybe that was a Curtis Jackson rewrite. Yeah, last minute. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't agree to this. <laughs> oh, my so God. the FBI attempts to bust on Kilmer's info and comes up empty. And so we get yeah. this shouting call between Detective Rogers and, and Kilmer and all upset about, you know, you did us wrong. And then 50 Cent shows up and surprises him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, boy, yeah, this is well, finally this is going to it's coming to a head here. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just get a meetup between Sam and Gabriella and 50 Cent and his team so mm-hmm. they can trade guns for money. I mean, you just introduced John Larroquette at this point. Yeah. And now it's John Larroquette and 50 Cent. You really should have spaced this out a little bit in the movie. And we didn't know how this came about or how even the cops found out about this deal either, really. No. There's no. Completely, I, I, we assume Angel told them, but they completely left that out. Yeah, they no. just, they, All of a sudden, 50 cops just swarmed no pun intended, 50 cops, just swarms <laughs> onto this warehouse, this enormous warehouse. Yeah, an airplane hangar. <laughs> yeah, basically, that they're having a deal. And we didn't know how they got there. And I, I assume the young, annoying cop was okay with this info. <laughs> I assume that this was enough for him. Enough proof. Yeah, because they had the argument on the phone. 50 Cent shows up and says, we got to go make a deal. Right. When did Angel have any chance to say anything about this? Because he would have been with them the whole time. Or change his clothes. <laughs> 
He couldn't. He's still wearing the same thing. He left, same thing he left prison with. Who knows how long ago? Oh my god! Right? Could be months. Could be a day. We have no idea. He has one outfit forever. <laughs> we have no idea how long he's been uh, out doing crime. So. I love this scene for one reason, one reason only, and that's because they did this scene just to introduce the biggest gun ever. Oh my God, this thing was insane. It was like something from Doom. <laughs> it's enormous. It, it is essentially a tank turret. Yeah. That they yeah. carry around. And 50 uses it like it's a regular Uzi. Yeah, He's there's just... no way that he wouldn't have been blown against the wall firing no. that thing. No. It's a gun that explodes cars. Yeah. I think they mentioned they, they they threw in there very little recoil. It's like it doesn't, doesn't matter. Come thing, on, come on! It was just enormous. You had to hold two handed. You know, you have to hold it down below, like da, 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 like one of those things. Yeah, it would, it would just fire rockets. <laughs> he would fire one <laughs> rocket, like one cop, just to explode them. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then we get this, you know, shootout. This insane. It's pretty crazy shootout. It's, it's it a is. lot going on here. The thing is, I couldn't tell who anybody was. Nope. No idea. I had no idea who's a cop, who's on Larry Kett's team, who's on 50 Cent's team. Yeah. Just people flying all over the place, getting shot, getting killed. It was, it was kind of a pointless there, scene. There, there, there's a part where there's two cops like right next to each other, like kneeling down shooting. One of them gets shot right in the head, mm-hmm. and the cop a foot away from him doesn't even flinch. <laughs> he, just, he just keeps going. And I was like, wait, that guy should probably have been like, oh, shit, I should get down. He did nothing. He just like, well, okay, I'm going to keep firing my guns. What about the guy? I think it was one of 50 Cent's team who got shot like six times and kept getting up. That was, I, I keep calling him Weebay. It was, it's a Hassan Johnson from He was, he was on his team, wire. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, he got shot a lot of times with big guns and just kept getting up like, whatever. And then eventually they give, they unload into him. And it's just like, why, did, why was he so strong? We didn't know this until the final 30 seconds of the movie. By the way, a punch from Val Kilmer took him out. But <laughs> seven forget. or eight shots. Yeah, yeah. That's no that. problem. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah, I was surprised at that. He kept getting up, man. So as 50 Cent tries to get away, Kilmer pulls a gun on him and reveals that he knows that 50 killed his wife, which, well, he, again, he, how? Yeah, yeah. He, 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 brought, he brought him through this maze of, of the back, like the, the janitor's closet and then like the bathroom, all the, like all, you know, the storage locker, all this mm. stuff. And then 50's like, hey, man, let's go. And then, yeah, he pulled the gun on him and he's just like, huh? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah I, I wish I knew how he knew that 50 killed his wife. Yeah, it, Something in there would have at least given some motivation, not just that we know about it, because that doesn't make any sense in the world of the film. And why would Fifty even remember? Fifty wouldn't remember because he just—they just—they no. they killed twelve or thirty people that <laughs> night. We don't know from the news or the cops. <laughs> Depend on who you believe, the yeah. fake news or the fake cops. I mean, they were just firing away. It didn't matter who they who they shot. Right. They just yeah. It didn't. It was ridiculous. Pretty dumb. And so, you know, there's a monologue from Fifty Cent about how him and Kilmer are just the same. You know, that, yeah. you know, despite the fact that one of them killed the other one's wife. Right. You know, but, you know, we're the same. Don't worry about it. And, and you, you've brought up before on this podcast that Kilmer is not very good crying. No, he on is not. Screen. And this one, he's forcing it so hard. Very, very like, hard. It's, it's so great. I thought about what you were saying. I'm just like, oh, yeah, he really not very good at it. Okay, sorry, I, just, I assume it's hard in general, but for him, for, for such a good actor to not be able to do it, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I get, you know? That one weak point that he just can't do. <laughs> <You> just can't. <laughs> Picture him like sitting in his, his you know, room just going, come on, Val. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then for some reason, old cop who can't take this shit anymore comes in and shoots Val Kilmer. Yeah. Who he's been I've, working with? I've no. That made no sense at all. No. Like he's 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 ready to shoot fifty. He did shoot fifty. Yeah. 
He's ready I to shoot. Killed him, but apparently no. did not. <laughs> apparently, all they have is broken arms, <laughs> <laughs> because the next scene shows both of them at random times with just like slings. Yeah. Like, can't. that's all. That's like, wait, just got mowed down with bullets. All he has is a broken arm, or maybe what like is a, that. That's a such bruised, a weird trope to a that like a shot get slings. <laughs> yeah, or like one of those like shiny jackets outside where they're, where they're waiting for the ambulance. <laughs> like one of those things. Like it's the exact same <laughs> idea. It's like, yeah. it, it made no sense. It's, yeah. it's so weird. And then now that Kilmer shot, I thought, oh, Kilmer's dead too. So this is going to be a real dark ending to this uh-huh. film, yeah. which I would have accepted because we're talking about a film about gun runners. Right. I mean, nobody involved in this is going to be a good person. Like I said at the beginning, who is the hero of this film? Not a single person. Yeah. Maybe Lala, maybe Lala Anthony <laughs> for, for serving breakfast in a bar. Maybe she's the hero. So if I was accepting that 50 Cent was dead because he got shot, Kilmer was dead because he got shot, but yep. no. They're nope, both just, alive. Just, bru- just, just bruised elbows. Yeah. <laughs> so Kilmer gets reunited with his daughter. Which we've, which we've never seen in the whole movie. They, yeah, they no. mentioned her. And yeah. yeah. Never saw a photo. Never nope. saw like a flashback maybe. And again, she was like eight, it looked like. And mm-hmm. he's been in prison for 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, hey, dad. Like, no, it, it made no sense. No. The timeline was all fucked up in this at the end. Yeah. And 50 Cent's in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, it kind of like that i think that long where like went across his face like the bar is like mm-hmm. is it opening is it closed what's going on <laughs> yeah not quite clear there i assume he's in jail <laughs> yeah and the detective he resigns for reasons <laughs> like there's no there's no explanation about why he resigns um there's one good reason he's too what? old for he's too, too, old, for this too old for this <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the, the media are all over him for it i know yeah, he was yeah they were all he was just like he got like Tell, tell us about this. Tell us about that. He's like, just leave me alone. Bam, I'm too old for this shit. Just punching reporters, you know. Yeah, that that was a, that was again. That was a very cliche. Like, oh yeah, because they mentioned his pension earlier. I think in the movie, remember they did, <laughs> they threw that pension line in there. He's like, yeah, I'm like a day away. What of it? Yeah. So you think he's gonna get shot? Because every shot always gets every cop always gets shot when they have like a day left on their retirement. Oh yeah, you know? he gets shot with the giant tank gun. Right, dude, that thing blew everybody away. It was great. <laughs> And meanwhile, I assume that Sam and Gabrielle got away because we don't find out that they got arrested or anything. I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> I think they ran into a car, but then I thought the car got shot. Like the yeah, they were driving around like almost in a circle in the <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> where's, where's the exit? It's like a Costco. They can't get out. What is, find the sides. Jesus. <laughs> no, no, this is the entrance. Go the other way. You got to get your parking ticket. Put it in the meter. <laughs> I can't say that this feels like a particularly satisfying ending to this movie. Oh my! It was so fun. It was just like, here's the ending. Like it was such a mush. (laughs) They ran out of video. (laughs) Really? Like the guy ran out of his battery, I think, on his camera, and just like, wow, that's all we got. Fifties already in the Bahamas on vacation. We can't get him back. Yeah. (laughs) He's writing his next movie. (laughs) (laughs) Still in his next movie. Is there anything about this movie that we haven't covered? No, that was, I think, the best rundown of this movie ever. I think even the director would be surprised <laughs> at, the, at the things we just found out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all 50s music for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, which, which makes a lot of sense, obviously. Yeah. saves on rights. Um, when rappers try to do movies, some of them are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. He's not the worst, obviously. Like, he's, because he's got that tough persona. He is a legit, like, you know, he, you know the story. He got shot a bunch of times when he was growing up and mm-hmm. all this stuff as a rapper. And he is a tough guy. So to play that, he does play that persona very well. And even when he's doing his like his wine commercials now, like in real life, like he's got the suit on, so he looks dapper and everything. So he does play both sides pretty well. Even though I said he's a huge troll in real mm. life, especially on, on like Instagram. But like, there are definitely worse rapper actors. He's 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 not good, but there there are worse ones. So 
And this is his first one, I think, right? Like, I believe this was the first one. Yeah. yeah so, like, you just wanted to try something, you know? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I think I would have, if you had the time to practice, <laughs> like, to, yes. to do some, you know, rehearsals. I'm sure, he did. He just didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was playing with guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's, he just heard gun and he was like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And the, the name, too, is such a Jesus. Okay. That's so generic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we've had our say. Let's, uh, let's hear from the man himself. It's time for a reading from the Book of Val. So our reading today comes from Val Kilmer's memoir, I'm Your Huckleberry. Gunn itself is not mentioned in the book, surprisingly. Oh, my God. He forgot. But he does spend a few sentences on 50 Cent. Oh, okay. I make mention of two other films, neither masterpieces, that nonetheless gave me the pleasure of working with Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. Our movie Streets of Blood was a cop flick set in New Orleans in the aftermath of Katrina. Curtis turned out to be not only a kind and gentle man, but a mighty good actor. And his own memoir, Get Rich or Die Trying, is one of the best entertainer memoirs I've ever read. Wow. I watched him hone his natural porn chops while he indoctrinated me into the current verbal histrionics of hip-hop. Okay. In art form, I initially came to appreciate through the stupendous work of Nas, Tupac, and Biggie. Many of its practitioners today, Kanye West and Kendrick Lamar to cite too, are artists with dazzling poetic powers. Like Curtis, they are among our most soulful storytellers. Curtis returned the favor, acknowledging my willingness to give him a few acting tips. He rewarded me with a 1965 Impala convertible. Oh, Jesus. This was a man who clearly understood me. I thought you were going to say he gave me a Smith & Wesson, the <laughs> world's most powerful handgun. <laughs> that was really nice of Val to, to do that. It's funny he didn't mention gun, though. Like It's just like <laughs> Streets of Blood and another movie. Like he just... <laughs> <laughs> just uh, i forgot the name of the gun movie we were in what was that gun movie <laughs> that was really i mean hey you know what yeah rappers are storytellers and tupac's one of the oh, best yeah. if he took that you know he's his a lot of stuff is very real and raw and and violent sometimes but you know he's not the best rapper but he's got he's got some got some bangers obviously mm. some good songs um, yeah, not one of my favorites but you know i understand his i like his he's not good anymore i, I liked his his first two albums were good but yeah wow Look at that. Val giving him some props. He got him a car. fucking 65 Impala. My goodness. Is that the car that um, is mentioned in, uh, oh, God. Rolling right in, in my, my six foe. That's one that Dre and then used to ride back in the day. Yeah, but what's the, um, I wish. By, wish uh, I was a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. Wish I had a girl look good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat. A six four Impala. Okay, six four. Okay. Yeah, six four, <laughs> six five is what, what, what they get. Yeah. <laughs> So it all ties together. It really does. <laughs> Skilo. Thanks, man. <laughs> so we've had our say about this film. Let's hear what others have. Come, children. Let's explore the kills and valleys. Kills and valleys, the best and worst reviews of this film. Jeez. Reviews were in short supply. Yeah. <laughs> of gun. <laughs> I bet. The film is actually not listed on Metacritic. <laughs> Jesus. And there's just one review on Rotten Tomatoes. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Brian Orndorff weighs in. Okay. Regurgitating the Scarface formula to such a degree that Brian De Palma should consider hiring a lawyer, Jackson looks to shape a new iconic crook for the masses, rolling moly streetwise cliches and John Larroquette, of course, up into a limp thriller from the director of Soul Plane. Yeah, not much. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what we said, just a uh, yeah. much shorter. <laughs> no, no arguing there. <laughs> Brian Orndorff's podcast is way, way quicker than ours. <laughs> so without much from the pros, let's take a look at how the film fared with the unwashed masses on Amazon. Yeah. There are 76 reviews of Gun. That's it. 76 Seven, is not, okay. not a lot. Yeah, yeah some have, even bad movies have thousands sometimes. Yeah. 
All right. uh, 63% of those 76 reviews are five stars, though. Oh, my goodness. Tootsie's got a big family. <laughs> this review was titled Gun. <laughs> great movie, 50 Cent. I could not expect him like this. And the movie that did really great, Val, was great in the movie. Awesome. Pretty awesome. Blue Gory. I think you like to watch it maybe twice, but a few years back and watch it again. I assume that was one sentence. Yeah, no punctuation oh, at all. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> More like gun gun Hey. Oh. <laughs> this one had a very specific interest. This movie was sick from beginning to end. Me being a gun lover, I love this movie, and I don't even like Fifty Cent. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> I report. Can you report that review? Jesus. <laughs> Me being a gun lover. Rah. Psycho. I, I actually should have checked out the rest of his reviews. I'm sure there's some really winners and there's some real winners in that one. Right. This movie has no guns. No Lord, stars. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, terrible. No guns. Bow and arrow suck. <laughs> Just 5% of the Amazon reviews are one star. Uh, so, you know, obviously it did very well. But yeah. these reviews were not very pleased. <laughs> OMG, this movie sucked balls. The plot was pointless and the lack of action. I fell asleep twice trying to watch it. It's really that bad. Val Kilmer, you really fell off making this film. Please, please stop making this straight-to-DVD bullshit. Imagine Val read that. I'm like, oh, man. Man. <laughs> Maybe this guy's right. I always wonder that. Like, they say never read your own reviews, your own press and all that. Right. I wonder, like, if there's, you know, these actors who have read one review where they just went, oh, man. Probably. Everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> And it's always going to be a ridiculous review that you uh, really should just like, you know, discount completely like these right. guys. Yeah. I simply cannot support this pile of trash movies since it features 50 Cent, who shamelessly pumped a stock over Twitter this past weekend. This guy should be ashamed of himself. Anything to make a buck. His name is 50 Cent because he will step on anyone to make a couple of quarters, it seems. <laughs> this guy planned that so hard. He's like, check out this wordplay I'm going to do. That's so terrible. That's really bad. You know, you know, I like the movie more now because of that shit review. I like it now. It's not, it's not good, but I don't think it's not. There's way worse movies than this one. Oh, there are worse. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's fine it's, because it's so short. If it was like two hours slow, oh my fest, god, I like that would be this. that would be so bad. But it was so short. It was literally 118 minutes. In and out. No, no, sorry, sorry, hour and 18 minutes. Yeah, it's very short. Minutes, yeah, yeah, not two hours. It was an hour 18. It was short, but it's like you know, it's. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a decision to make. With or without Val. Does Val Kilmer make or break this movie? It's a really good question. I mean, he's got about six lines. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess, like, sometimes these movies need to bring a star in. And John Larroquette, obviously, at this point, even he's not a star anymore. No. Like, he was big in the 80s. You know, yeah. like, so. I guess he makes it like who else could the, they, they could have got literally anybody to play that part. So that's why I'm just like, you know what? They got Val Kilmer. He agreed to do it for whatever reason. I don't know. I say he makes it, you know, what do you think? I, I, I you know, I wonder, can you make a movie that's barely a movie? Yeah. That, I thought of that too. Like it's so bad. Like it doesn't, he could be replaced in the movie, be the exact same thing, I guess. I mean, but he, his but role, he doesn't, doesn't the, hurt the movie. The, 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 the role isn't really up to snuff. I mean, the performance can't raise it up enough because there's not enough to the, to the character. There's nothing to it. Yeah, there's really not a lot. We, we, the backstory was so limited. The flashbacks were so, we didn't really, they were out of place. It was like, wait, I don't, I still don't really know what his deal is until the, the final minute, yeah. which is too late to make your decision, I think. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you have a character who is supposedly motivated by, the, by what? I don't know. <laughs> Um, because seeing, you know, seeing his kid, he apparently never met. Yeah. You think? I mean, technically, his motivation is to revenge his dead wife, but he doesn't seem to know that. 
Right. So what is the point? I don't know. Anybody could have, you're right. Anybody could have played it. I don't know. I have no There's idea. no emotion until that attempt at the end. <laughs> yeah. the, the attempt. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> he's like really forcing it out like he's pooping. Yeah, like so many of his late career films, this one just doesn't hold up very well, unfortunately. No. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And, and also with the time difference, like, in the in the fancy hotel bar, she's sitting there smoking. Like that's why I didn't, I didn't get the timeline. Like how's this 2011 that people are smoking inside in bars? Like none of it. A lot of it didn't make sense. I don't go back to that, but like a lot of it was just a mess. It was just thrown together. Okay. You know, the montage scenes didn't make sense. Nothing was that it was in the right order. Yeah, which again, if you know the idea is to give Curtis Jackson credit for this film, then sure, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. It's all you. It's all you, Fitty. <laughs> so now that we've covered Gun, I'd like to play a little game. Okay. Uh, it's called Direct to Hell. Mm. I'm going to give you the name and description of a film, and you tell me whether it's a direct-to-video film or a film direct from my imagination. Ooh, okay. I like okay? It. Yeah. So here's the first one. Okay. Spring Breakdown. Parker Posey is a nerdy junior assistant who has to chaperone her boss's daughter's spring break trip and takes along her former college friends, played by Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratch. The hilarity ensues. And my options are either... Whether this is a real direct-to-video film right, or I or, made it up. Okay. I'm going to say you made that up. Wrong. That's a correct. What? That's actually a film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's, wow. I yeah. think I know most of Polar's stuff, but. Exactly. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a trio that should not be in a direct-to-video film. I have to look, I have to look into that. That's crazy. <laughs> Yikes. Number two. Okay. The Ringer 2. Jackass's Bam Margera fakes his way into the Paralympics as a blind skateboarder to impress the girl of his dreams, wheelchair luge rider Tara Reid. Hilarity ensues. That's, you, uh, you made that up. I did make that up. Whew. <laughs> but man, I, I could see it. I saw it in my head how that works. <laughs> I've watched too many uh, direct-to-video films. I yeah. have a good idea how they all work. <laughs> okay, number three. So undercover, Jeremy Piven plays an FBI agent who recruits Miley Cyrus to go undercover at a sorority to protect the daughter of an informant. Hilarity ensues. See, the hilarity ensues is really throwing me off. Um, let's say so undercover. Mm-hmm. Piven and Miley Cyrus. I said you made that up. That is a real movie. God damn it! <laughs> holy cow did hilarity ensue i have not watched it (laughs) i could not say and i'm gonna assume no because i've never heard anybody ever talk about it wow (laughs) yep here's your next one okay voice of an angel Hmm. seth mcfarland plays a down on his luck bartender who is possessed by the ghost of a famed crooner who has to reconcile with his daughter played by terry polo before he can get into heaven hilarity ensues I figured I would have heard about that. If to, I'm going to say you made that up. I did make that up. Oh, okay. You, it's a good plot though. <laughs> Watch You're that. Currently two for, two, uh, two for four. Oh, geez. Okay. Next one. How many we got? Uh, I think it's eight. Oh, geez. Okay. Roll out. Ashton Kutcher is a chef whose family food truck is threatened by a new corporate brand run by Sarah, Jessica Parker and John Michael Higgins. Hilarity ensues. That's real. That is fake. Fuck. 
I want it to be real. I love the world of direct video <laughs> film. They could, anything could be real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard game. Kicking it. Nick Cannon is a would-be gang member forced by the courts to join real. a rag t- ragtag <laughs> soccer team coached by Craig T. Nelson. Hilarity ensues. Uh, no, that's fake. That is fake, yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I said real, I figured Nick Cannon would do anything. But <laughs> oh, Mr. Entertainment himself. <laughs> Next one. Kindergarten Cop 2. Dolph Lundgren partners with Bill Bellamy as a gruff FBI agent undercover as a kindergarten teacher, bothered by the school's liberal, politically correct environment. Hilarity ensues. That's real, right? That is real. Yeah. Man. You're up four to three, and here's the last one. Come on, come on. Jingle all the way to. Larry the Cable Guy is a truck driver who joins forces with professional wrestler Santino Morella to find his daughter Noelle's favorite toy, Harrison the Talking Bear. Hilarity ensues. Would they have made a second jingle all the way? That's real. That is real. Yeah. You have one direct to hell. Woo-hoo! You get nothing. <laughs> do, do I get a gift best with all these movies in it? <laughs> uh, because you won, you do not get them. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I love direct to video movies. There's such that's, insanity out there. That's crazy. <laughs> Jingle two, kindergarten cop. Yeah, all the t- all the twos. It's a pretty good chance of them being in a director video. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Universal uh, Video. They make so many sequels from films that you never thought anybody would want to watch in the first place. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Kilmercast. And I'd like to thank you, Brian, for joining me to chat about whatever this was. <laughs> yeah, so fun. So fun gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could have just called it fun. Fun gun. <laughs> the last gun was a fun gun for sure. Yeah. That should have been on the cover, man. That would Seriously. make people watch that movie, right? <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug? No, no. I, have to, I uh, my <laughs> podcast where I interview video game characters. It's uh, called Playable Characters Podcast. Feel free to check that out. It's very fun. I have like comedians and actors come on, pretend they're a video game character, and I just talk to them for like thirty minutes, like they're a real person. Been doing that for over three and a half years. We're almost at episode two hundred. Uh, whatever game you like, I've probably done a probably done a character from that game. Uh, feel free to check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. I do a very stupid Ninja Turtle review show where I, uh, season three is coming up. Jesus Christ. I have like 50 to go. I've, I've reviewed like 60 figures. So I've, I, every figure from my child, I still have. So I've reviewed 60 of them so far. It's called Brian reviews all the turtles. Uh, they're on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram is at laugh at Brian, but uh, they're one minute long and like a minute and a half. They're very stupid. And I just pretend I'm like the world's most renowned expert on turtles. But I usually have like, very wrong facts in the reviews. So it's a good time. And yeah, uh, I, I highly recommend watching those reviews. Yeah. They are a lot of fun. And you'll, especially if you were a Ninja Turtles fan, you'll find yeah. ones that you go, that was a thing. Right. So this, this last season, which I thought I had like 30 left. I have like 57 left. I wanted to kill myself. I couldn't have <laughs> so many. It's all just like the costumed figures mm. that were, they were just completely off the rails. They were just, they were high on Coke. Every single person, <laughs> none of these, these are ridiculous. So this season is going to be, I, I filmed it all. I've currently have to do that video and the, the uh, editing and the VO part, but it's going to be, quite silly i think so it's like you know like Raphael dressed as a magician for some reason uh <laughs> leo dressed as like a party boy who strips at birthday parties it looks like <laughs> yeah it's called like birth it's like party boy leo or something like that oh my god um, so i have like so those should be us but i have 60 currently now on youtube and instagram and feel free to check them out brian reviews all the turtles and yeah. stand up uh, we'll be back uh, who knows when i don't do stand up anymore <laughs> 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 um hopefully it comes back soon yep, <laughs> you know, we hope yeah 
I, as usual, have nothing to plug because I don't do anything. Um, nothing <laughs> you do this. Except for this. <laughs> yeah, but you're listening to this. So I don't have to plug <laughs> it. Um, but I would like to say, please, for the love of all that is good and holy, please vote. Yeah. Uh, if you're in New York, uh, I think at this point, if this episode comes out, voting early voting is open. So you should probably go do it right now. There you go just go do it please yes for biden by the way i'll say yes, it yes <laughs> i will say it as well <laughs> i don't i don't think anybody's listened to this show can, you know <laughs> can think that i want anything but that well unless they google this and get some gun lovers listening True. possibly <laughs> <laughs> i do mention nra a lot in this episode yeah <laughs> trigger trigger words <laughs> in our next episode we'll be heading out west and all the way back to 1992 to watch thunderheart mm. in the meanwhile please email any thoughts questions or comments to kilmercast at gmail.com and follow the show on twitter at kilmercast for myself and my guest brian mcginnis hey. thanks for listening and remember to keep it kilmer i'm gonna go smash a tv on my head mm-hmm.